This is the intro. Why? Good evening and welcome to Rock Strikes. Welcome to Rock Strikes Ten, the show guaranteed to always give you ten songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. All right, it is time for one more Fallen episode before we get caught up with everything else that's going on in the world of Rock Strikes 10 and cnjradio.com. The long-promised Fallen tribute episode to super producer Chris Sangaritas. So uh, why am I doing this lone Fallen tribute episode to a producer? Uh, Really just being for the reason I feel like he's got a really great body of work uh, that he had throughout his entire career. And I think it definitely gives way to a really good quality episode of Rock Strikes 10. So I've definitely enjoyed enough albums that this man has produced throughout his career. So I think he deserves his own episode. And, you know, the variety is going to be great. Uh, It's predominantly hard rock and heavy metal, but there'll be some interesting twists here in the middle of the show. So yes, this is the Rock Strikes 10 all-star tribute to Chris Sangaritas. And, you know, I'm a big production nerd, so I definitely like to shine a light on the producers as well. So, And there's a a handful of artists on this episode that I just haven't given a lot of play to over the years, and I want to write that wrong as well. So, uh, you know, Chris Sangaritas, he had an amazing career, and he produced some really cool albums, mostly rock and roll albums, and just going to tip my hat here to you. So, uh, you know, staying positive, celebrating the life, not being sad. And let's just uh, let's just do it with some fine, fine rock and roll here. Kicking off with the first track here, a band called Girl, who I've never played on the show before, but you have to be kind of a next level hardcore, hard rock musicologist to know the band Girl. They were a British band from the late 70s and early 80s, and they featured uh, two guys who would go on to actually be more famous in different bands. It's like once they left that band, they became famous. Uh, but Phil Collin... Uh, who became the lead guitarist for Def Leppard, and also Phil Lewis, who became the lead singer for L.A. Guns. Both British fellers and uh, both in the band Girl here. And uh, Girl's a cool band, man. I mean, you know, I I love me some British glitter rock and uh, with a little bit of uh, metal edge to it, and they definitely have it here in the band Girl. So check this one out. Of course, Chris Sangaritas produced from 1980. And the album Sheer Greed, kicking off the episode here, this is Girl with Heartbreak America. Two. 
You would think that just because Phil Lewis sang on that song right there, that it would sound more like an L.A. Gun song. But uh, to me, that song sounds more like an early, early Def Leppard song, like from On Through the Night. Uh, let me I might be crazy, but I swear that's what it sounds like to me. And, you know, Phil Collins only playing guitar on that. And it's still, it, it, it manages to sound like a Def Leppard song. That's what I think. Anyway. I hope you enjoyed that first song here on this episode. That was Girl with Heartbreak America from the album Sheer Greed. That album also contains a cover of Do You Love Me by Kiss. And they actually infamously opened for Kiss on the Unmasked tour that year and got thrown off the tour because they played Do You Love Me during their set. So, and I guess they didn't clear it with them beforehand. So, oh well. Not that Kiss played it that night, but you know. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they just rubbed it in the wrong way in general. I don't know. I don't know what the whole story is about that. That'd be something to ask Phil Collin if I ever got the chance to interview him. Anyway, moving on here, the next band we're going to talk about, Chris Angarita's produced album, is an album called Mean Streak from 1983 from the San Francisco metal act Y&T. I don't play enough Y&T here on the show, and I'm actually pretty crude to him still after all these years. I've got a best of, and maybe I need to expand my horizon on them a little bit. Let me know. If you're a fan of Y&T, shoot me an email and tell me that I'm horrible and that I should listen to this record X fill in the blanks all right but since I have this song from a best of and uh, the songs I've heard from Mean Streak are pretty cool so wanted to feature something from it here on the Chris Sangarita's tribute episode so from Mean Streak this is YNT with Midnight in Tokyo check this one out
right, there you go. That was Midnight in Tokyo by Y&T from the Mean Streak record from 1983. Hope you enjoyed that one. And here's something from another album produced by Chris Sangaritas from the year 1983. It's been a few years since I played this song on the show, all the way back to Mark Striegel's Desert Island episode. Go back and check that one out in the archives. That was a really fun episode. So in addition to dedicating this to the memory of Chris Sangaritas, I'm going to throw this one out also to my podcasting brother Mark Striegel there from the Thunder and Lightning album, which would prove to be the very last Thin Lizzy album, sadly, but what a great album and a great note to go out on. So here's Thin Lizzy with This Is The One. Turn it up. There you go. This is The One by Thin Lizzy from the album Thunder and Lightning, their swan song. So sad, but once again, a great record. Really underrated gem that you should definitely pick up. Thunder and Lightning by Thin Lizzy. All right. 
Yeah, we're sort of in the middle of the show here, and uh, you know, this episode, like I said, was going to be predominantly hard rock and heavy metal. That was definitely the bulk of the albums that Chris Sangaritas did produce during his career, but he did branch out uh, here and there throughout his career, and uh, got some credits on some uh, more alternative-based college rock albums, and uh, this one is actually a standalone track. He didn't even produce the original track here, but this definitely wound up being talked about a lot whenever his obituary went out, and I had no idea that he did this, so I thought it was really cool. So I want to play it here on this episode. Uh, Definitely something that people would not think that the two would go together here. But I guess they reached out to him because he had a good ear for rock and roll. And maybe it would help him get played more on rock-based stations here and there. That's just, you know, a theory. But, uh, you know, Depeche Mode. Yeah. A Depeche Mode song we're going to play here on this show. And this song was originally from the album Music for the Masses, 1987. This is a really great single. And uh, you can definitely hear the difference on this mix versus the album mix if you're familiar with it. But this is the Chris Sangaritas remix of Never Let Me Down Again. Check it out.
Alright, there you go. That was Depeche Mode, who, you know, I've, I played them, I think, a handful of times here in Rock Strikes 10, so it's not so crazy that I would play them on Rock Strikes 10, but I like Depeche Mode, especially, you know, I've got the two big singles collections, so, you know, dig that stuff, especially, you know, People Are People, great album, Violator, great album, you know, good band. So there you go, Never Let Me Down Again, the Chris Sangaritas rock remix of that song. They got sent out to radio stations, and actually that version wound up on the uh, singles 86 through 98 collection as well. That's a great set. If you have nothing by Depeche Mode, that'd be one I'd recommend to pick up for sure. All right, sticking with the uh, the cool true alternative acts that Chris Sangaritas had a hand in producing over the years, I got two more here for you before we get back to the hard rock and heavy metal based stuff. Another really cool record. I didn't appreciate this album when it was out, but, uh, you know, after it was out for a few years, I kind of discovered it on my own. And this is just a really great record. I definitely put it in the annals of uh, what I call great 2 o'clock in the morning albums, you know, like when it's, you know, the party's over or it's winding down, you put this on and uh, it's a perfect record. Or driving, uh, you know, late at night on the road, this one will get you in the mood there. But Concrete Blonde's album, Bloodletting, a cool band, Concrete Blonde. And, you know, this is, I think, the apex of their career for sure and and, you know just great songs and uh, the production on this is really stellar so chris did a great job on this album especially and uh, you know i think one of the reasons i resisted this album early on is because the big hit on it was the song joey and it just bothered me for some reason i think people used to bother me with it you know because it was a hit and my name is joey so what are you gonna do that happens when you're a kid but like i said great it really is a great album so i recommend picking up bloodletting by concrete blonde and uh, here's the title track from it so check it out
All right, there you go. That was Bloodletting, and in parentheses, the Vampire Song by Concrete Blonde there off of the album of the same name, Bloodletting, 1990, produced by Chris Sangaritas. So go check it out. It's, it's a really great record. And another great album that has that cool alternative slash goth feel to it with some punk rock element especially. Uh, it's a great band that I, I love, and I've talked about them over the years here on Rock Strikes 10. The band Lords of the New Church. They had one of their albums that was produced by Chris Sangaritas in 1984, Method to My Madness. And Method to My Madness is a very important album for me because I heard this album when I was super young. I think it was like seven years old when I first heard this. And it was, I don't even remember who introduced me to it, but I remember the album and being like, I've never heard music like this before. So it just kind of opened up my ears to some other possibilities. So I'm always going to love this album for that particular reason. But Lords of the New Church is a band. You should definitely just check all their records out. They only have like three studio albums, but they're all super solid. And this is an offshoot band of uh, Brian James and Stiff Baders, and they just camp with this amazing outfit. And I don't, I don't you know... This stuff uh, still, I think people are still trying to catch up to this stuff here, but check it out. From the Method to My Madness album from 1984, still sounds as great as it was the day it came out. This is I Never Believed. Thank you. 
right, there you go. That was the Lords of the New Church with I Never Believed from the album Method to My Madness, produced by Chris Sangaritas. This whole episode is paying tribute to the man that produced a lot of cool rock and roll albums that you should definitely have in your catalog. All right, moving on here. And, and actually, one of the early things in Chris Sangaritas' career was that he was infamously fired by Ozzy uh, on the Blizzard of Oz sessions and replaced with Max Norman. And, yeah, that definitely had to suck. I mean, you know... Blizzard of Oz went on to be this huge classic metal album, and uh, he was the initial producer and didn't wind up producing it at the end of the day. But he did wind up producing an album for Black Sabbath later on, seven years later, called The Eternal Idol. And this is one of those could-have-been albums for Black Sabbath because they had just come off the, the, the release with Glenn Hughes, Seventh Star. And I actually think Seventh Star, it, it's pretty good. It's not as bad as everybody says it is. And Glenn Hughes fell apart at the beginning of the tour. He got replaced immediately by Ray Gillen. And they went on to do this album initially with Ray Gillen singing. But then when uh, it was discovered that he was leaving Black Sabbath to start another band, and which would become Badlands, they completely erased all of the Ray Gillen vocals and put on new singer Tony Martin's vocals. You know, which, you know, I totally get that. It makes sense. But I, I've heard over the years that Ray Gillen's vocals on what would have been the Eternal Idol version with Ray Gillen is like supposedly really, really cool. And I believe that because Ray Gillen's a killer singer. Uh, rest in peace Ray Gillen but you know it wasn't to be the album didn't come out that way it came out with Tony Martin singing it and you know I've never been the biggest Tony Martin fan I think he's kind of Dio light and some people might trash me for that but I I, that's just what my ears tell me Uh, but you know I I hit up Victor Ruiz Victor's uh, you know a podcaster's best friend he's got so many podcasts and he's the head of Ear Peeler so go look up Ear Peeler on Facebook one word Ear Peeler p-e-e-l-e-r and he does the mars attacks podcast and you know he's just a good dude overall and i've been on a show before i've uh, been on mars attacks it's a great show go check that out so i hit victor up i was like hey you know i feel like you should pick the song from eternal idol because i, I know you're a big fan of this album and you know and i just wanted to represent him here on this tribute episode so he sent me back a message says he loves the album uh it says when he finally got to hear ray gillen's vocals it really went to another level but uh, the one song he did want to pick to represent the Eternal Idol album here was a song called Glory Ride. He said this is the one he's listened to a lot over the years. So here you go. Ask and you shall receive. This one's for Victor Ruiz. This is Black Sabbath with Glory Ride.
right, there you go. From Black Sabbath and the Internal Idol album, that was Glory Ride, featuring Tony Martin on vocals, Tony Iommi on guitar, of course. Uh, Dave Spitz, I believe, is the bass player on that. Although I think they credit Bob Daisley, something like that. Man, the Sabbath story is so confusing. I know for a fact that Eric Singer does play drums on that track and the whole Eternal Idol album. He didn't get his name taken off the album, but uh, Ray Gillen got taken off the album. Anyway, it's a whole thing. I recommend uh, Symptom of the Universe by Mick Wall. That will answer every Black Sabbath question you might ever have. Uh, the Martin Popoff books on Sabbath are great too, but um, the Mick Wall one really just hammers down just how much of a freaking soap opera that band has been, even when Ozzy wasn't in the band, actually more so when he wasn't. And I also bring up Ozzy and play Sabbath before this track because of this reason. So, you know, I try to be a good researcher from time to time here on Rock Strikes 10 and try to find those little nuggets that you may not know, even if you've been doing this your whole life like I have. And so I went on the allmusic.com page, and allmusic's a really good music source. I feel like they've been kind of overshadowed over the last few years by like Wikipedia and stuff like that. But allmusic.com was the first real online music guide. That's still the best, in my opinion, as far as like, you know, they're going to hammer down every credit, every song, you know. Whatever, the year breakdown. But I get it, Wiki's a lot more convenient. Anyway, so I was on the uh, allmusic.com page for Chris Sangaritas, and I was like, let's see if I missed anything. I've got a handful of songs here that I want to play on the show. And then I saw that he got credited on the Black Sabbath tribute album, Nativity in Black. And uh, the first Nativity in Black tribute album is possibly the best tribute album ever. I mean, there's really not a clunker on there, in my opinion. And that's pretty hard to pull off with tribute albums usually they're very 50 50 for me but i saw his name credited on there and i was like well hell what did he produce on that you know because it's just a one-off song for a tribute album and then i go to find out that he produced the iron man cover on there which actually features ozzy osbourne on vocals with the band therapy backing him up now as ozzy did a handful of times in the 90s when he'd do these collaborations you know, the backing band would be in one studio and then Ozzy would get the tape and he'd put his vocals over it and they'd send it out. And a lot of times he never even, you know, he was never in the studio with these bands. Like Typo Negative is another example of that. He did Pictures of Matchstick Man on the Private Part soundtrack with him. And he's like, yeah, we didn't meet him when we did the track. But yeah, so, uh, you know, Ozzy sings Iron Man on the Sabbath tribute. That's kind of a cheat anyway, but, you know, he's got therapy backing him up. And I found out that Ozzy's vocal was produced by one producer and Therapy's backing track was produced by Chris Sangaritas. So even though he got fired by Ozzy back in 1980, he still managed to produce a track with Ozzy singing on it. Even if he didn't produce Ozzy's vocals, he produced everything else on there. So the meat of the song of this version was produced by Chris Sangaritas. So I thought that was such a really oddball nugget of info that I had to include it here on the Chris Sangaritas tribute episode. So here you go, the half-produced Sabbath cover of Iron Man from Chris Sangaritas by Ozzy Osbourne and Therapy. So check it out. This is pretty cool.
right, so there you go. You never need much of an excuse to hear Iron Man. I mean, I've heard that song a billion times, but I'm, I am I never get tired of it for some reason. But there you go. That was a version maybe you haven't heard that in a while, or maybe you never heard it. That was Ozzy with Therapy doing Iron Man. And Therapy's track was produced by Chris Singaritas. So there you go. For the Chris Singaritas tribute episode, it's a song that he mostly produced. <laughs> All right. Uh, these last two are great. I mean, almost no explanation needed, but I'll I'll bore you with a little explanation here. So back in 1990, Bruce Dickinson, the great Bruce Dickinson of Iron Maiden, went and did a solo album away from Iron Maiden. He'd returned back to Maiden the year after this, but uh, he had this album called Tattooed Millionaire, which, you know, definitely shows his fandom of like, you know, 70s classic rock and, and some glam rock and stuff like that. It's a very poppy album, actually, and I really dig it for that reason. So... If you've never heard uh, Bruce Dickinson go like pop rock before, you should definitely check out the Tattooed Millionaire record. A lot of good harmony on there. And it's just it's just fun, like I said. So, And, and you know, of course, I mean, it has to be because it's on this episode. Chris Sangaritas produced this album, and it's one of my favorite albums that he ever produced. It's not my favorite. We're saving that one for last, but this one's really freaking stellar. Here's one of my favorite songs from the album. This song is called Born in 58.
right, there you go. Born in 58 by Bruce Dickinson from Tattooed Millionaire, his first solo album, not his last, but his first, and definitely his most poppy solo album. All right, and then Yannick Gers was the guitarist on that album. Adrian Smith was leaving Iron Maiden, and so when he when Bruce came back to Iron Maiden, he had a guitarist in tow that they could use, and Yannick, still in Iron Maiden to this day, even after Adrian Smith returned. So that's how Iron Maiden got to have three guitar players. All right, most of you know that. Maybe a few of you don't. All right, like I said, I'm saving my personal favorite and I think the best for last from one iconic metal singer to another. This is the one uh, for me as far as like a conscious like rock fan that would you know read articles and find out who produced the album and stuff like that. The first time I noticed Chris Sangaritas' name was for this album. And to me, you could coast your whole life on the reputation of producing this album. This is one of the best-sounding metal albums of all time. It just everything came into place on this album. It's still considered one of the band's best, I think. Uh, so, man, what else can you say? This was uh, this one's a beast. And uh, just, like I said, the production value on this is insane. Uh, this is the name I'd put on his tombstone. So turn this one up as loud as you possibly can. This is Judas Priest and Painkiller.
so good, so good. That's freaking iconic. It's one of the greatest metal songs ever put on a record right there. Painkiller by Judas Priest. That song is metal. Thank you, Chris Sangaritas, for all that you produced over your life. And uh, you will be missed. And thanks for leaving all the great music behind. All right, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Something a little different here. A a solo Fallen episode. And I've never done an all-producer episode. I should do more of these, especially for people that are still alive, you know? It'd be a little less morose. And, you know, there's tons that I could do. So, you know, if there's one you really want to hear, feel free to ask. You can request show themes anytime. You can hit me up on the Facebook. Hit me up on Twitter. I've been checking Twitter a lot more lately. So I'm trying to stay with it. There's people that actually leave comments for me on Twitter. And then I'll write them back like two or three weeks later. I feel like I'm just an asshole. But I swear on my record collection that I'm just now seeing that for the first time when you see me write. So I'm sorry. I'll get better. But you can see the links to uh, the Facebook and the Twitter and all that stuff on cnjradio.com, along with every episode of Rock Strikes 10, including the ones that aren't on iTunes. Also, while you're on cnjradio.com, check out the, the plethora of podcasts that we have for you, like the Synaptic Empire podcast featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative. I bet Randy has a handful of the albums that are uh, on this show tonight. I bet at least half. I'm going to go for at least half. Maybe a little more. Probably a little more, actually. Let me know, Randy. Also, check out Last Theater on the Left, great movie podcast brought to you by cnjradio.com, and the great Chris, the C of CNJ Radio. Also, a little collaborative effort between myself and Chris, Wrestling House Show, the initial flagship show for cnjradio.com, the one that started it all, it's back. We've got Mucho episodes coming out, so stay subscribed. You can subscribe to all these shows for free on iTunes and follow us through the website, cnjradio.com. Last but not least, before we get out of here, extra special thanks to Pete LaRussa and the guys from Spacebeard for the awesome outro. We play it on every episode, and we love it. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband for more information and tell them the Rock Strikes 10 sent you. I know Pete has most of the albums on this show, I bet. Yes, for sure. You out there, you let me know what you have. Let me know what you liked and what you didn't like and uh, what you're checking out because of this episode. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get the hell out of here. Stay tuned. The next episode will be out in a day or two, but uh, it's going to be yet another one of the annual Alice Cooper birthday spectaculars. It's already happening once again, and I've got some cool songs lined up for it, and I've got an exclusive bit to share with you on that episode so stay tuned especially alice fans you're not going to want to miss it or if you just love great music you're definitely not going to want to miss it all right we'll see everybody on the next one have fun